They may not have been the moves that we were looking for just yet, but there's actually been plenty of Colts news to this point of free agency. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. We're coming to you live again today. Uh, That's just how it's going to be during free agency, because everything happens during the day. We don't want to wait until the morning to tell you. Um, So today, for the first time, actually just kind of going through our Rolodex, uh, we heard from new coordinators, um, Jim Bob Cooter, offensive coordinator and special teams coordinator, Brian Mason. Uh, We know of some guys who will not be returning to the Colts, but first we're going to talk about some guys who are additions or retainees for this year. Uh, So if you guys watched our episode yesterday, uh, Zach and I actually talked quite a bit about Bobby Okereke versus EJ Speed and how that was going to work out. Well, shortly after, Bobby Okereke was announced to uh, the Giants on a nice little deal for him. And then EJ Speed was retained by the Colts. So kind of how we pictured it. Uh, Zach, two years up to $9 million in incentives. What do you think about this deal? No, I think it's a great deal for for EJ Speed here. I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next segment when we talk about Bobby Okereke, but it just wasn't going to happen. It, it just didn't mm-hmm. make any sense. The Colts have two starting linebackers on staff right now. They have... Uh, Zaire Franklin and they have uh, Shaquille Leonard They're, you know, bringing back Bobby Okereke to the deal that he got was just something that wasn't going to happen. You just couldn't make it happen. But EJ speed, a guy who's a high level special teams player has made a lot of really big special teams plays over the last couple of years and has kind of worked in as a linebacker in the last couple of seasons as well. And we even saw last year, I mean, when he got on the field, it was really good. Like there, there was nothing really to complain about whenever he got on the field. So having him kind of step up to be that third linebacker and be that guy behind Leonard and uh, Zaire Franklin going forward uh, and retaining him just to keep that depth and special teams ability, A plus, Uh, A plus bringing him back. I know you and I were both kind of concerned that he could go to Cleveland and uh, and work under Bubba Ventrone out there and maybe get a starting job down the line with them. But luckily the Colts got him back. They're going to have a really strong third linebacker now. And as long as Shaquille Leonard comes back healthy, this linebacker core is looking pretty good still. Yeah, for sure is. And another reference to later in the show with Brian Mason, Mason is getting back one of his core special teamers. Uh, You know, something a specialty of his special teams units uh, in college at Cincinnati and Notre Dame has been block kicks and those big plays. Shoot, that's something that EJ Speed has been able to do. Like you mentioned, he's kind of a, a big play artist when it comes to special teams. Uh, So I thought that was a really valuable move for the Colts to make uh, because it was going to really suck if they lost both Okereke and Speed. So it was great to see him at least get Speed back. Uh, So that's one guy who they're retaining. A new name that we're seeing, and everyone immediately, I saw my on my mentions on Twitter this morning when I woke up, because the move happened at like midnight. Um, But Zach, your boy, Matt Gay, kicker from the Rams. He's been a great kicker, Super Bowl winning kicker. The Colts have... A new guy. Now, 
they're committing to this move right now too. This isn't just kind of the year deal. We'll see how it goes. You and I both thought Chase McLaughlin did okay. You know, adequate. If that was going to be their first move of the offseason, re-signing him would have been fine. But they identified a clear upgrade in the kicking game in Matt Gay. Uh, he's one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history. Uh, he kicks 87.8% from field goals for his career and 95.2 on extra points. So he's really reliable, uh, can can punch it in from deep, can kick outside in the elements. Uh, four years, $22.5 million. That's the biggest free agent contract that's ever been given to a kicker. You know it had to be the team that Zach covers too. I'm I'm dying to know how you feel about this one. It's a kicker, you know. <laughs> it's, Back an to X you. Fact, it's an X factor is what it is. <laughs> Back to you. That's all. No. Uh, I mean, look, I have been quoted saying multiple times, the only thing worse than a kicker is a bad kicker. It's the only thing worse than a kicker is one that sucks at their job. And as of right now, Matt Gay does not suck at his job. He's pretty solid as of right now. Again, my biggest qualm with the kicker position and kickers in general is you could have a guy like Matt Gay, who is the fourth most accurate kicker of all time, phenomenal player, all pro type player who's won a Super Bowl. And then like tomorrow, he'll be the worst kicker to ever play. Like these guys are so volatile. I mean, they are the clear cut definition of volatile because they just they just shrink and they just I mean, Stephen Goskowski, I think for like eight years was the second most accurate kicker in the history of football. And then now he's not even like the top 20 because his last couple of seasons were so, so awful. Like he was an atrocious kicker his last couple of years. And it's just what happens with these guys. So as long as Matt Gay can keep up what he's doing right now, I love this deal. You know, make us never have to worry about or talk about the kicker position in a negative light again. Don't give me more fuel to my fire. You know, never give me a reason to celebrate a miss because I celebrate every kicker miss, even if it costs the team a game, because I just love when kickers fail. Uh, but, but look, as long as he's making his kicks and there's no reason for me to talk about him or say, ah, oh, stupid kicker, I'm happy. So on paper, you're getting a really good kicker. You're obviously paying a lot for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't hate it yet because he hasn't missed a kick yet. But at, so as of right now, secure that position make me never have to worry about it again i'm not complaining yet don't worry though when the season comes he could go 38 of 39 from field goal and that one miss i'm gonna complain i'm gonna complain on that one miss but as of right now i don't have anything to complain about so yeah i like matt gay uh, he's always been a good kicker uh, and done some really good things in the league and hopefully he continues that here in indy yeah, he's another guy. The, the Colts like to do this. He actually, uh, I think as a rookie before he landed in Tampa, uh, he had a, a stint or two here in Indy when he came into the league. So yeah. they've done that before with Michael Badgley, Chase McLaughlin. And it just so happens they're getting a guy back who is one of the best kickers in the league. So um, nice move on paper so far. But like Zach said, kickers are such a fickle position. They can fall off a cliff. We saw how it was with Adam Vinatieri, who had 20 years of excellence. Justin Tucker is a rarity. You know, he's been able to sustain it forever. Guskowski was excellent. He was the reason the Patriots allowed Vinatieri to walk out the door. It's just, you, you just never know. Luckily, this guy is only four years into the league, so hopefully he's got 10 more years of longevity left. But you just never know with the kicker position. Yeah, one thing I'll say about it before we move on is, you know, traditionally, I mean, the last couple of years at least, uh, going from when that Vinatieri disaster season in 2019, and then obviously going to to goggles with Rodrigo, and going to uh, to 
Badgley for that little half year. The Colts have had the worst like 50 plus yard kickers in the league. Like uh, Rodrigo Blankenship was atrocious from 50 plus. I think he was like statistically like a 20% kicker from 50 plus. Um, Badgley in that like half season that he played with Indy, he was also like the worst kicker from 50 plus in the league. Now they're going to a guy in Jordan Gay, where I think you and I were talking beforehand, he's like 17 of 23 or something from in from his career from 50 plus. Yeah. I think it's like 74%. Like that's really effective. That That's stealing points when you're making 50 plus field goals at a high rate. So yes, as of right now, it's a kicker, whatever. But if he can just continue what he's doing, I'm happy. I can't complain too much. Uh, but yeah, no, I do think I do think it's really funny that, you know, we complain about free agent signings and, and Ballard not doing anything. And I really think when the when the guaranteed money comes out on this deal, this is going to be like a top three, like guaranteed money that he's ever given an outside free agent. Like Janico Autry's deal might be the only one with more <laughs> with more guaranteed money uh, than this kicker deal. Maybe maybe Justin Houston's a couple years back. So I just find that hilarious. You know, we always complain about him not signing anybody. And in the tampering period, he goes out, he gives a four-year deal, his first four-year deal to an outside free agent as the Colts GM as well. Uh, and it's all to a kicker. So just irony and we love it. We love it. Yeah. I thought what was just most interesting about that is Chris is such a football guy and football guys tend to look down on kickers and stuff too. They understand it's a necessary part of the game. Yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so for Chris Ballard to give a kicker a four-year deal, there's got to be a lot of confidence there, especially with the new special teams quarter, because it's not like it's not like Bubba Ventrona sitting there standing on the table for Matt Gay. He's gone. Yeah. So I don't think it's really that he has so much confidence in Matt Gay. I think he's like me and he's like the rest of us, where we look at this kicker situation the last couple of seasons and how many Colts games were cost by horrible kicking going back to 2019 with Adam Vinatieri to the Texans game to start last year uh, to the, even the 2020 or 20, yeah, 2020 or 2021 season. I think it was 2020 season with Rodrigo when he got hurt and he just started missing kicks as well. Kicking, kicking is big. Like that's why, that's why I hate kicking so much because it's so important. And these guys are all volatile pieces of doo-doo, but hopefully Matt Gay can be an improvement. And I understand Chris Ballard being like, you know what? I just need to get a really good kicker in here because these last couple seasons we have lost games because of bad kicking. Let's just get a good kicker in here and never have to worry about it again. I kind of respect that. I would think the same way, even though I wouldn't give any money. I would think the same way though. Uh, you know, never have to worry about it again is a good thing to me. Strong words for me there, but we managed to talk about <laughs> kickers for several minutes. I love it. I love it. Uh, before we move on and talk about some of the guys who will not be returning we want to talk to you guys about FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. The midway point of the NBA season has come and passed, and now it's actually the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first one doesn't hit. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything you want from the money line to point scores and even three pointers that are going to get drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, of course, 
as we've been mentioning, you know, uh, the start of free agency for the Colts is probably going to be heavily themed more on who they're going to lose more than who they're going to bring in. Uh, they do have some talent uh, in their free agency class that's going to be wanted by other teams, plus the Colts aren't really big spenders. So uh, the biggest one, obviously, so far is Bobby Okereke. Uh, four years, $40 million, including $22 million guaranteed with the Giants. Uh, I really like this. I like this for Bobby. I like it for the Giants and Wink Martindale. Um, we knew it was always going to be a pipe dream to bring him back on the type of contract he was going to get while already having Leonard. So can't be mad at it. I'm happy for him. You know, I love it. I love whatever Martindale is going to be able to do with him, really. Yeah, and it's it's kind of risky that the Colts are losing a player of Bobby O'Karake's ability because I'm not saying they made the wrong decision, but Bobby Okereke was in this scheme last year and he played really well in this scheme. You know, he fit that Gus Bradley linebacker super well, the the long lengthy athletic linebacker who can, you know, turn and run with receivers 50 yards down the field and do that thankless job that a will linebacker is in this type of scheme. And the thing is, you know, they're going to be bringing Shaquille Leonard in, you know, Shaquille Leonard's going to be coming in and starting Leonard really didn't play much in this scheme, you know, and he's coming off of major surgery, you know, two major surgeries. Uh, to being a starter again. I'm not saying that they should have brought back Bobby Okereke, but I'm saying it is going to be kind of risky. And I, I don't think that they could have made any other decision. You know, you couldn't just move on from Shaquille Leonard uh, to start Bobby Okereke because there's no trade value. There's no reason to cut him. Uh, this is a risk that we know it's going to happen, but I do think we have to be prepared for the potential downgrade of Bobby Okereke to Shaquille Leonard, just because we don't know how this scheme is going to fit Leonard. And we don't know what kind of player Leonard is right now. Like, we just don't know if he's going to be the same type of mover. We don't know if he's going to be the same type of athlete, if he's going to still be able to create turnovers like he did in Matt Eberflus' scheme. We just don't know much about Shaquille Leonard right now going forward. So we might see a downgrade in linebacker play because Bobby Okereke was playing really well for the Colts last year. Uh, Well-deserved of his deal, four years, $40 million. I honestly would have given him a little bit more if I were a team on the open market because I do think he's a really good linebacker, but... Yeah, I think he's going to be a great fit in Wink Martindale's defense. You know, he can cover, he can blitz, he can uh, defend the run at a really high level. Like, this is a good, good linebacker in a league that has a lot of good linebackers, but he's he's a really good one. And, yeah, I think the I think the Giants nailed this one. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's again, I was talking with, with Patricia Trena last night, and, you know, Wink Martindale likes to be multiple and likes to do a lot of different creative things with that defense. You're going to be able to do that with, with Bobby. You can move him around, cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield in the slot if you need to. Uh, that's going to be a, a nice little chess piece for them. And it'll be interesting to see how he, he's utilized in a different defense when maybe he's considered the centerpiece of that group. So yeah. uh, I like that one a lot. One that uh, fans aren't really going to be sad to, to see go, Brandon Faison. And again, it's, it's really not his fault that Gus Bradley wanted to play him so much early in the season over a guy like Isaiah Rogers. Um but, you know, he he had some nice moments. You know, he could cover guys with size generally. Um, but, yeah, it just didn't really quite work out here. We don't really have the contract figures, but Faison is going back to the Raiders. And, you know, I, I we joked before uh, before going on. This is a guy that loves what he knows. Uh, he's been he's been with Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator for a long time. And this is now his second stint with the Raiders. So good for him. Yeah, the the biggest thing I'll say about Brandon Faison, I think he's very much a, a Zach Pascal, Alkadin Muhammad type of player, where 
he's ta- he's probably just a quarterback four or five in the NFL. He's not a guy who can be a starter, but because he was with the Colts, he ended up being a starter for half the season. And, and that's why fans have so much disdain for him. Like I, I really think if he were Indianapolis is like a cornerback four or five behind Isaiah Rogers. And you know, if they would have kept Rocky sin, if you were behind those guys, we would be fine with him. Like we would, we would think better thoughts about him and think he's a better corner than what he is. But because he was thrust into that starting position, like Zach Pascal was, like Alkadim Muhammad was, we have a lower opinion because that's just not who he is. He is not a starting caliber corner in the NFL. And I think his deal with the Raiders is going to reflect that. Like I, I bet this is going to be like a one year, like $2 million deal or something to go back there and, and be just the depth corner, which is, that's fine. That's exactly what he is. And it's fine. You need depth players in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Brandon face on, I'm not saying the hate is unwarranted because he made some really poor gaffes and mistakes last year, but yeah, when he, if he can get back into that cornerback four or five role with another team, perfectly fine. Like that, that's exactly where he needs to be. Yeah. And you know, again, he's not someone you want playing significant time for you, but it does create a little more of a need for the Colts at cornerback because Stephon Gilmore is going to be, what, 32 starting this season? Yeah. That's your top corner. Uh, Kenny Moore's future is very much in question with the Colts. Uh, he already had the contract dispute. That's your second corner. Isaiah Rogers, I think we can agree he's, he's a young and up-and-coming player that you can rely on uh, pretty well. But still, that's your your top three, and there's only one guy you're really confident's going to play at a high level this season. Uh, yeah. So look uh, look for a, I would think at least one moves coming in free agency at some point, and probably one in the draft. You know, you've mentioned Bill to Ballard. The cornerbacks has come out again. Uh, Ballard loves to draft cornerbacks, and so I would expect a couple of those to be brought in this year. Yeah, yeah. And before we move out of this free agent talk here and talk about some of the press conferences that you were at today, Jake. Um, One more thing I want to talk about with free agency is Jacoby Myers, the guy who was supposed to be the big wide receiver free agent signing this offseason. He signed with the Raiders for three years, only 33 million though. So only 11 million a year. Tiny compared to what the market was last year. Right. So we were thinking potentially, you know, Paris Campbell could get like a one year incentive laden deal that could get up to like $10 million. Right. Like because this wide receiver market's so bad, but if Jacoby Myers is going to be by far and away the highest paid guy, you know, at 11 million per year, could Paris Campbell be had at like 5 million or 6 million? Like, and if that happens, there's no excuse for the Colts not to re-sign him. Like he needs to be back in the building already if it's going to be something like that. So I thought that was really interesting. Jacoby Myers, the guy who everyone thought was going to be like the big Christian Kirk overpay, you know, like 18 million a year because he was the only decent option out there. He only got 11. Like, I really think Paris Campbell's, you know, market is going to be a lot lower than what we expected. And again, if, if you can get him back at six or seven or maybe even five, like the Colts need to be on that right now. Like, just lock that up because that's worth it. He had a really good year last year. You stood by him this long, like get Paris Campbell back in India for that price. Yeah, I think Paris is one of those guys where the Colts didn't need to even still have him. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he had three straight years of being injured and I don't think anyone would have been mad at the Colts for moving on. They stayed patient with him and got the rewards of that by him playing a full season last year and being one of their more consistent offensive players. Uh, so just like you said, you know, bring him back. That, that's your investment. Bring him back. And I mean, I think the big X factor is 
I forget who reported it, so apologies there. But um, someone said that some teams out there think Campbell is capable of a lot more than what he was doing with the Colts. So that could drive up his price a little bit or make him a little more in demand. Um, but yeah, the I've got to hope that the Colts don't have some strong bottom line on him and like be, you know, the, the guy, the guy can be a weapon for you and you're getting Shane Steichen at head coach. Surely he can think of something positive to do with him. Um, I wouldn't blow a huge budget on him, but like be flexible with what you're willing to spend on Campbell for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I really want to see the Colts try to bring him back and we'll see these next couple of days. Uh, the Colts are going to get a little bit of a bump in cap space when they make a couple of releases or, and or trades. So we'll see uh, what they do with that remaining money. But guys, we're going to, we're going to talk about some of these press conferences that Jake was at today. But first the built March madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite built favorite built bar or puff. And now's the time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting for the cookie dough puff. And if you want the Colts to have a good off season, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Uh, go support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. What makes built bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, Jake, so today we had some coordinator uh, coordinators talking. Now, mm-hmm. Gus Bradley, to the best of my knowledge, was not there because no. he's, he's someone who's already returning. It was more to talk about the the new coordinators. I think it's what Brian Mason and uh, Jim Bob Cooter that you guys yeah. were talking to. So what were your takeaways from those two uh, conversations? I know you're going to have some mini videos going up on those guys, but what were your mm-hmm. takeaways from, uh, from hearing those guys talk? Yeah. So JBC is, I'm going to call him uh, he went up first. And obviously, you know, when you're introduced to a new coordinator, you kind of want to get some of their background and, you know, their, their philosophies and, you know, obviously, Anyone on the offensive side of the ball with the Colts is going to get asked about quarterbacks uh, on this one. But uh, he didn't really say anything too surprising or earth shattering. Uh, He did confirm basically that, um, you know, they're going to, especially when you're working with a rookie quarterback, they're getting them, you know, acquiring a start, a pretty much a starting level player at the end of April, beginning of May is technically late in the off season because, you know, the spring stuff has already started. So they don't want to do anything drastic in changing their mechanics and, and technique and things like that. What he said they'll do is they'll work on tightening, like tightening and fine tuning some things to get them ready to go uh, for, you know, for their rookie or what have you. And then, you know, the real heavy work and the the building from the ground up and stuff kind of starts later when you have a full off season ahead of them. Because also remember, these guys are training for combines and doing workouts. They're not really preparing for playing football. Um, so that was kind of a confirmation of something Shane Steichen has said. You know, they'll kind of tailor things to the rookie. Um, yeah. Is that is that about what you have been thinking, too? I don't know if that surprises you at all that they wouldn't. Because some of these guys are going to need plenty of technical work. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize when it comes to rookies, not just rookie quarterbacks, just rookie players in general, uh, they they really don't have a full off season. You know, like you said, they they are doing all this combine training. They're really not even training to be in football shape. They're training to be in workout shape for most of their off season. And then they're meeting with teams. They're running around in circles. They're flying all across the country to do all these things. Then they when they get in, they're already a, bit, a step behind. And everything's about catching them up and getting them ready to be adequate. So that's why we see a lot of players like, yeah, you'll have some guys who go out there their rookie season and are just phenomenal. But we usually see that second year bump or that halfway through the season bump. You know, Bernard Ryman was a great example last year. Bernard Ryman was not ready to play early last season, got out there a little bit and was not very good whatsoever when he got out there. And then as he got more playing time, as he got more comfortable with with the system, he was a guy who was capable of starting games late in the season. Like, it's not just quarterbacks. It's all rookies. They their their first all season is really about just getting them into actual football shape, getting their legs under them, and then getting them to ready to play like adequate football. The second off season is where you really work with these guys and you fix the things that you feel like you need to fix. You know, if it's mechanics, your mechanics are not going to be worked on in the first off season. So a guy like you know Will Levis who has footwork mechanical issues, a guy like Anthony Richardson who has really bad footwork issues that need mechanical work. That's going to be done the next offseason when you have time to get them with uh, with Tom House or with Adam Dado and all those type of guys. That's going to be that second offseason. It's not going to be this offseason. So, yeah, I, that doesn't shock me too much. Uh, that's why, again, you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks come out and have struggling years because they're not really refining too many things. They're just kind of getting ready to play. That's all it really is. Yeah, and I know the question is going to come up because I've already been asked it, but no, they, they, he did not talk about specific quarterbacks or anything like that. Um, honestly, unfortunately we didn't even really get into something I wanted to ask him was like, we heard from Shane Steichen, what goes into your ideal quarterback? What are your main bullet points? We didn't get to that. So uh, I'm hoping next time we get to talk to him that we'll get to kind of hammer into that a little bit. Um, Brian Mason, I thought honestly was a, a pretty interesting one though. Um, you don't, you don't get a whole lot from special teams coordinators much of the time. You really only talk to him a few times a year, it seems. Uh, I think as long as his special teams units are good, that Colts fans will endear themselves, or he'll be endeared to them pretty easily. Uh, he's from Zionsville, which, Zach, that's up here, like kind of on the north side. Him and his wife are both from the Indy area. Um, just some more of his background. You know, he's he's been around Alec Pierce before. Uh, he was at Cincinnati from like 2018 to 2021, I think. So he had Alec Pierce like the whole time. Uh, he said he, you know, he's a really dynamic player, was able to play both sides of the ball, really offense and defense, uh, which made him a really good special teams player for them. Um, but something interesting with Mason is uh, kind of like with Bubba Ventrone in these Colt special teams units, they've gotten really good at those big plays on special teams, blocked kicks for touchdowns and things like that both Cincinnati and Notre Dame, their ability on special teams to block kicks and make those big plays drastically improved after Mason came on board. Um, and I think you, I think you were curious about this one as to like what goes into his core special teamers. Cause I was like, you know, a lot of guys play special teams obviously, but what makes someone the core for special teamer, you know, mm -hmm. um, guys with, you know, intensity that the hair on fire type of guy, um, great straight line speed, able to think and adjust quickly on the move, uh, great striking and toughness, basically. Basically, the, a bunch of like Jordan Glasgow's and those type of guys that you already think <laughs> think about. Like, 
actually those type of maniacs. Grant Stewart. Yeah. Well, actually, when you said that, the number one guy who came to my mind was Zaire Franklin. Like that. Okay, yeah. You just described Zaire Franklin to me. An intense straight line speed guy uh, who, you know, has that toughness and that striking ability. I mean, when Zaire Franklin hits you, it's like you're getting hit by a truck. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking. And, you know, guys like Ashton Doolin, even, you know, Ashton Doolin, he, he's a good tackler for a wide receiver and he's been a good special teamer. So, yeah, I love to hear that. I'm always curious about special team stuff because it's not something that we do like film rooms on or talk to coaches right. about what's your what's your scheme like on special teams i'm just curious what guys because you know a lot of guys make rosters based off of their ability to play special teams what what are those guys made up to play special teams though because not everyone will do it which right. you know you, you got to be able to do it if you want to make it in the nfl yeah. but i love hearing those stories about guys who start on special teams because those are the guys who really work their way up and we've seen it a lot here in indy yeah, no, if, if you've got a good athlete who is willing to play special teams, like you're probably going to be a Brian Mason guy, especially. And we've seen okay. it. Oh, another thing I know you're you're interested as well as the day three draft scouting and stuff. Um, you know, he does have a little bit of a scouting background as well. I think he was in one of the stops he's been in. He's been in the scouting department. Um, so he'll he'll have a hand in that. I believe he said during the interview process there will be an expectation that, you know, coaches will have their input as to, you know, um, draft picks they, they like. And of course you get more equity and stuff like that as you go on, you know, by, by the end of Bubba Ventrone's time, his last draft, I'm sure, I'm sure they held him in very high regard as to what he saw in special team or so this is Mason's first year, but shoot, if he starts having hits, they'll start paying more and more attention to what he says going into these day threes of drafts. So, um yeah he's he's gonna have input like uh maybe not the level bubba did at the end but he'll have input nonetheless yeah you know i'm excited for both these guys i think uh jbc brings a lot of good things on the offense side of the ball and mason i love i just love a young energetic uh special teams coordinator those are the most Mm -hmm. fun guys in the sport outside of young offensive line coaches because those guys are nut jobs so uh yeah no i like mason uh hopefully he can just bring some of that scouting edge that that um that Bubba brought the last couple of years as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't have anything else for today. As we all know, um, free agency moves at sometimes as fast as possible. Uh, if you're looking at 11 PM, EJ speed, midnight, Matt gay stuff, we don't know. It happens all day. So yeah. be prepared to hear from us whenever. Yeah, we will try to do updates when they make signings. So make sure you guys are following at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks too. But like last night, we're both old men. We were both asleep well before that signing happened. <laughs> we were both out. So as long as the Colts make moves at a decent time, you guys can make sure you're following us there on those channels. And also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube. We'll try to jump on whenever we can. But again, we're old men. They can't be releasing stuff at midnight. They're killing us here. They're just killing us. <laughs> but thank you guys for making Locked on Colts your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll see you guys back here live streaming tomorrow.